I have a girlfriend who our children started in school together at the same time. And it came to a point in my life where I had everything I needed. I had a wonderful husband, I had two great kids, a nice place to live, friends, and I was so unbelievably unhappy. And I couldn't figure out why I could be so unhappy because I had every trapping that you could ever ask for. And she came to me one day and she said, you know, what is it, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. I said, I have everything I could ever need and want and I'm really unhappy. I feel really empty inside. She said, well, you don't have God in your life. And I said, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. I went to parochial school. I went, you know, to church. I got married in a church. My kids were both baptized. I said, you're crazy. And she said, you don't have God in your life. And you need to not just go to church, you need to go to church and you need to read and you need to understand what you're reading and have a love for God. She said, you know, I think you should go to church. This is our church, it's really cool, you know, you have to come. So I brought a girlfriend with me and we sat down and the music started and I thought, oh, this is too much for me. It's loud, it's eight o'clock and it's, this is just too much. But I'm gonna come back the following week. So then I said to Charlie, why don't you come with me and we'll bring the kids and we'll, you know, we'll check it out. And by the third service that I had gone to, I was completely hooked, completely. And I was so taken in by how I could now live in a place that's so, for lack of a better word, corrupt and not feel like I needed to live in a bigger house or I needed more friends or I needed a second country club. I felt like I didn't need any of those things anymore, that this was enough. Then I came to a group and I sat with a group of women who were so authentic and so organic in what they were saying. And they weren't afraid to say, I'm really upset with my husband or I'm really having a hard time with my kids. And I was fascinated. I had never met women that were honest, that said, yeah, you know what? I've had a bad day. I met women that were like, oh, you know, hey, I'm going to the hair salon and I'm getting my nails done and we're going on four vacations this year and everything's great. Meanwhile, you know, when the door opens a little bit, you can see the cracks in their life. And I was fascinated that these women showed you the cracks. They didn't, they didn't care. It was like, listen, I'm here, you're here, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you, you're gonna help me, and we're gonna be great. And one woman came forward and said, you know, how long have you lived here? And you know, do you like it? And I said, I've lived here a long time, but I don't really like it because I find people to not be so civil and they're not so kind. And she said, well, I'll be your friend. And then, you know, it was like I was eight, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, she, she's good. She wants to be my friend. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know where I went to college. She doesn't know where my husband works. She doesn't know where I live. She doesn't know where my kids go to school. And she likes me just because I'm sitting in front of her. And I thought it was such a fascinating experience for me. And it totally changed my life in every aspect. And I knew at that moment that life would never be the same. So it kind of is like an addiction in the sense that you want everybody to feel as good as you feel every day. And everybody that I see and everybody that I talk to, I'm like, oh, you've got to go to this great church. Oh, we go to this great church and you have to come to the Christmas concert. And you know, it, it's just the best. You'll meet so many nice people. And, and I think that really teaches you how to live your life every day here and how you can walk forward and treat people differently. And if they mistreat you, 
it's, it's okay because you know that you have the Lord with you. So it doesn't matter to me who they are. And I do talk to everybody and the response is overwhelming. It's, you know, it's nice because people aren't ever inviting you to, they'll invite you to a bar, they'll invite you to dinner or lunch, but they're not asking you to come to church. So I think when you ask somebody to come to church, they know that it's special, it's different. It's some, you know, there's something there that's grabbed you as opposed to, well, let's go to Huntley Tavern, you know, and have a glass of wine. It's, it's really got a hold on you. I appreciate that so much. And then, um, her name's Lucille, and she's a regular part of what we do here. And I appreciate uh, just, just the authenticity that she has as well. It's pretty cool, huh? Well, here we are, guys, almost 2014. Can you believe that? Almost 2014. I mean, I sometimes, you're going to laugh at me, but I, I sometimes, when somebody says that, I still sometimes start off the day with 19-something, and I'm like, whoops, it's only been 14 years. Come on. Um, uh, anyway, every time you get to these end-of-the-year things, and sometimes it might happen other, you know, maybe December, maybe January, sometimes around that, I remember several times I've been in different conferences, different groups, and, and so forth, where people will kind of stand up and share. I thought we'd do that today. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I just wanted you to heart to skip a beat just for a minute. Uh, um, you get to those, and, and, and many times people will, will stand up and share, oh, it's been a tough year. Oh, it's been a hard year. Oh, my gosh. You know, my kid did this, or my wife did this, or I've got, you know, sickness. And I, not, not to downplay any of that, I understand Oftentimes, our, our lives can be affected by our loved ones or our own health or whatever it might be, and I do understand that. But my desire is I want to enter every year. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. We never know what's going to happen. God does. Think That's why we keep, I mentioned Christmas Eve, that's why we pray to him, because he knows what's around the corner or what's coming up in the next year. But I want to try to give you something from the Scripture that will help us think about this year to come in a way a little more maybe strategically, even though I don't know how to spell that word, and um, to, to, to think it with a little intentionality about how, how can I make this the best year yet, no matter else what, whatever else might, might happen that I don't know about. And uh, because that's really kind of where I live. I want every year to be better. And, you know, you'd be my age, you'd start thinking about don't have that many left, you know? Terrible thing to say, but... Um, Hit 60, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, so I found this passage. It's, and many, many commentators call this the, the, a mini-sermon, and you'll see why they call it that. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. By the way, these notes will be available anytime. Right now, if you want to use it on your, uh, on your, on your smartphone or your pad, uh, your uh, tablet, just go to renaissancechurch.org and look for notes and click on them, and notes will be available. So feel free to do that. I always like doing that. It always likes, I always like whoever's speaking, whoever it is. I always like kind of having some notes in front of me. But um, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 16. It's just two verses, and it's, it's just sort of, it's sort of boom, 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 boom. You know, let me show you what I mean. Uh, in the NIV, the, 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 the translation we use the most around here, the New International Version, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. It's kind of like boom, 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 you know? Now, let me, just for fun, I want to read it to you in a couple of other translations, not just for fun, because it, it, helps, you, I, it helps me always understand the, the passage a little better. So let's go from the, the NIV, a modern translation, to the King James Version, um, translated in 1611. 
not by King James, just for the record, but a, a commission that he appointed. Um, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men. Or quit you like men. Huh? Be strong, let all your things be done with charity. It's kind of weird, isn't it? When you read that passage, that one, that one, where, where it says be courageous in the modern translation, it says here, quit ye like men. Interesting. Once again, probably why I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, if you like the King James Version, listen, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm for whatever translation you like. That's good. I'm not a big fan of King James because you, first you've got you to figure out what they mean in English. You know, and quit ye like men. And we know quit to mean quit, stop, give up. In 1611, quit meant conduct oneself in a specific way. So what he's saying is conduct yourself like a man. I, I'm really, I really believe in 1600s, they were basically saying what we would say today, man up. Right? Man up. And I've, I've heard women say that to other women. Uh, uh, hey, come on, you got to man up here. That's kind of what he's saying here. Now, of course, it was a sexist culture in the 1600s. I realize it was. But um, anyway, it just, that's just what it means. And then let me read one more translation to you from the, from the uh, message version. Keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your conviction. Give it all you've got. Be resolute. That's that man up part. Be resolute and love without stopping. We've got a lot there. As I said, one commentator calls it a mini-sermon. I'm going to show you. We're going through. There's five things there. We're going to go through all five of them very briefly. But uh, I think it, it's something that can, you can get your, get your arms around a little bit and your brain around a little bit and try to, try to and it will help you as, you as we go into, in these next two days, um, 2014. First thing is be on your guard. Keep your eyes open. Have vigilance. Be alert, basically is what he's saying. First question comes up, what am I supposed to be alert about. What am I supposed to be looking for? What am I supposed to be, where should I, where should I center this vigilance? And what's it supposed to be focused upon? Um, and I would just give you two or three things to think about on that one. Um, be alert of the influences of your life, the things that are influencing you. That changes from year to year. And that might be Books, that might be people. Sometimes people come into our lives and they influence us in a certain way. And sometimes it's not always healthy. Just be alert to that. Think about that. Sometimes when we talk about being, being alert or being on guard, be, be on guard about those little, those little compromises that might begin to, to get into your life. Something you thought, well, uh, th this wasn't okay. And then you start, you know, it, it, the thing that I've often said many times, people don't go from being an honest, by-the-book type of person to being an embezzler overnight. It starts one little step at a time. Might start on an expense account. Might start on the, on, on, on the taxes. One little thing. And then you say, oh, I did that. And it's called, I, they call that the law of diminishing return. And then you go a little further, and then you go a little further, and pretty soon you're just, you know, you're no longer just brushing up against legalities or the illegalities of something, but you're right smack dab in the middle of it. Be careful with that. We have to be careful of our conduct, our attitudes, the influences of our lives, whatever they might be, people, books, movies, churches sometimes. We have to be careful with that. First Peter chapter 5 puts it this way, be alert and of sober mind. 
your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. How true that is. And be alert, of sober mind. This isn't a temperance passage. This is more about having, having some soberness in your judgment. By that, I mean understanding the importance and the value of life. Not, you know, we want to have fun. We don't want to take ourselves too seriously. But we don't want to be frivolous about this life that we live and whatever, whatever corner of the world of influence God has given us, wherever you live and whatever you do and, and so forth. So, <clears throat> watch this. Excuse me. <clears throat> this, this is a great quote that I love. <clears throat> and you know you've arrived when people use one name to describe you. I'll probably never have that happen to me. But, um, I mean, you know, like, like Elvis, Tiger, you know. Or, or in this case, Horace. Say, Horace? Who's Horace? Horace was, uh, if you're a reader of literature, uh, Quintus Horatius Flaccus, known in the English-speaking world as Horace, was the leading Roman lyric poet during the time of uh, Augustine, or, or, or Augustine, depending on what school or seminary you went to. Um, look what Horace says here. This guy's amazing. Great effort is required to arrest decay and restore vigor. One must exercise proper deliberation, plan carefully before making a move, be alert in guarding against relapse following a renaissance. See the word right there in the time of Augustus, Renaissance Church. We're right there, baby, all the, all the way through. No, obviously he's talking about an awakening, which is what, what the term means, which is one of the reasons I love the name of our church. Uh, it's, a, it's about awakening. Our case is awakening to, to God and the Holy Spirit. But I love why he says, be alert to guarding against relapse following a renaissance. And, and, and how many times have you gone through that was really a, a, an awakening? Maybe it was Christmas. Maybe it was, maybe it was a significant birthday. Maybe it was a significant thing at work where you're celebrating because you, you pulled in this big deal. Maybe it's something in your family, whatever it might be. And at the end of that, boom, oftentimes people do this after Christmas. Christmas is over, they've worked hard, they work, and boom, they crash. They go into... They're going to some sort of depression many times. And that's what he's saying. He says, be, be alert to guard against the relapse of following, uh, the relapse of just, you know, having decay and, 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 and not having vigor in your life. It's a, it's a great thought. Have a plan for that. You know, get intentional about that. Be on your guard. Be on your guard. Be careful. Think about it. Think about it. it. Part of this is just involving a, a, a degree of self-awareness. And a self-awareness regarding my, my conduct. A self-awareness regarding my belief system. And any changes that might be happening. Be aware. That's the first thing. Second thing, stand firm in the faith. He says, you know, stand, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. This is being grounded in your faith. This is an important, important concept. It's understanding what you believe. It's understanding what you believe. And not only understanding what you believe, it's understanding why I believe it. And it's understanding what I believe, why I believe it, and being able to defend it. That's an important issue. Somebody says, so you're a Christian. You're a follower of Christ. Yes, I am. How did you get to become a follower of Christ? We need to get to the place where our answer is something more than I was raised in a Christian home. It's great if you were raised in a Christian home. I'm thankful that I was. But we need to be able to defend what it is we believe and who Jesus is and what the Bible teaches than just the fact, well, that's how I was raised. Um, 
It, this involves reading, and it involves thinking, it involves discussing, it involves being in community with people who are like-minded. It's an initiative you're going to hear more and more about this year at Renaissance Church because we, we strongly believe that it is in those, those small type settings of people that we, we really can ha be challenged with each other and, and can really grow. And, and, you know, the thing about it is, in those situations, we've seen this in our, in our men's group um, on, on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Um, oh, I've got to put a plug in, you know. Um, we've seen disagreement there. But here, here's the issue. Disagreement is good. And I'm, let me tell you, Renaissance is a place, and I pray it's always been, I pray it always will, a place where, where you don't have to agree with whatever it is we believe to come here. We welcome you being here. But when we start talking about our faith, we, we stay within the boundaries of Scripture. Now, there's a lot of disagreement on that. I mean, we have, there's three of us that are, that are pastors, me, my, uh, I say me, myself, and I. That's, that's good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> there was a day I might have said that. Thank God I've been delivered from that, for the most part. Um, myself and, 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 and uh, Michael, who you saw, and, and Clay, who's, who's not here this morning, but, but normally is Clay Poor, pastor of spiritual uh, formations. Um, and I'll tell you something. We all are on the same page on the primary doctrines. The primary, you, you can go to our, our website and see our statement of faith. I'm, I didn't write it, and I can say this. I'm pretty proud of it. I think it, I think it, it is very succinct, and it doesn't get into the secondary and the tertiary issues of, 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 Christian, of the Christian faith. But, but on, on those secondary and tertiary issues of the Christian faith, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, lot of disagreement between the three of us and, and even in our staff as well. And, and that's okay as long as, our, as long as our argument takes place in the boundaries of Scripture. There's a, there's a lot of room to disagree just in the boundaries of Scripture. So, but you need people around you who can speak into that. Again, with the boundaries of Scripture. You're not going to agree on everything. You know what? Somebody, one wise guy once said, one wise person, you know, if two people agree on everything, only one of them is thinking. And, uh, and I kind of I agree with that. So, um, but you need that diversity within, within the boundaries of Scripture. Augustine put it like this, in the essentials, unity, and doubtful matters, liberty, and all things, charity. And that's just, uh, I just wanted to say that again. It's great. Read 2 Timothy 2.15. Look what he says here. Do your best. Study to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth, the Bible. Study. Study to show thyself a servant of God. It means get militant about this thing. We have many ways to do that. There are many, you know, maybe this is the year. You've heard me... I probably mentioned this probably every year that I've had the privilege of giving the, the New Year's Sunday message, so to speak. Um, maybe this is the year you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. There are a lot of plans to do that. You go to the U version if you, if you have that on your, on your smartphone or on your tablet device. Um, a lot of, uh, go to the U version, all kinds of plans for reading through the Gospels, maybe, maybe the whole Bible in a year, maybe certain parts of the Bible for you. It's really not as intimidating as it sounds, the way they break it up for you. It doesn't take a, it doesn't take a whole chunk of you. It's not like you're having, having to read for an hour every morning. But maybe that's it. Maybe it's some other, other books that you need to, about the Bible that you need that will help you, inspire you, and help you grow in your faith. And if you need some help with that, any, any one of us will be happy to, to give you some recommendations. Just shoot us an email. Um, but the point is in this whole thing, we have to get to the point where we're standing firm in our faith. 
Giovanni Boccaccio. I love saying that. I continue with my obsession with all things Italian. I'm not Italian. I just wish I was. I love everything. I mean, I, I mean just saying his name is fun. Giovanni Boccaccio. How cool is that? I just love saying his name. Um, and uh, he was a great Italian in the 1300s. Um, uh, sort of a, sort of a uh, it, we would call him today a playwright type of person. That's not literally what he was, but he's a writer as well as a, a, a thinker and so forth. Look what he said. I love this. I love the thought of this. You must read. You must persevere. You must sit up nights. You must inquire and exert the utmost power of your mind. If one way does not lead to the desired meeting, take another. If obstacles arise, then still another. Until your strength holds out. Excuse me. Until if your strength holds out, you will find that clear, which at first looked dark. It takes effort but it's well rewarded. Many of you over the years that I've known have, have taken your kids maybe to, and, and to give them in a private school. Sometimes it's college, you know, all, many of you going through the college thing. You know, the stretch school, the, the, the safe school. One of the kids asked me one time, what was your stretch school and what was your safe school? I said, they were all the same thing, darling, all the same thing. <laughs> But, uh, but many of you go through that, and you go through hours upon days upon hours of research for, about that private school. It's, this is your kid. You, you should do that. But you go through so much effort and so much pain and figure it out, figuring it out, figuring it out. And I applaud that. But let me just use that as an illustration for something. If we could just get some of that attitude and put that into figuring out your faith, growing in your faith, researching and spending some time doing that. I mean, that, that's going to make a difference in 2014 if you do that. It's going to make a huge difference. You're going to have a great year, no matter what else happens. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Third thing, be courageous. Be courageous. Aristotle said, you'll never do anything in this world without courage. It's the greatest quality of the mind next to honor. It's just simply having courage. And here's courage defined for you, just in case you're wondering. It's the power of quality of dealing with facing, of dealing with or facing danger, fear, or pain, and the confidence to act in accordance with one's beliefs. The best definition comes from John Wayne, the great cowboy actor. Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Love that. That just says it all. It takes courage to have certain conversations. Um, God told Joshua, way back in Joshua chapter 1, he said, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let me tell you something. That's just as applicable for me and you today as it was for Joshua. Be courageous, be strong, because the Lord God is with you wherever you go. It takes courage to have certain conversations, sometimes more than others. Sometimes that courage, it's going to sound weird, but it, it, it's really true, and maybe you can relate to this. Sometimes those, the, that courage might be a wife or a husband saying to the other, I love you, I'm committed to you for life, but I'm not terribly thrilled with how we've been living. 
And it may not be nothing overt. And I'm not suggesting some kind of threat. I'm not suggesting some kind of ultimatum. It's just a simple, you take me for granted maybe. Or, or we're not having any fun in our marriage. This isn't okay with me. I'm not going anywhere, but can we change this? I want to tell you, sometimes that takes a lot of courage for a husband or a wife because you want to, what you want to do is just let, let the sleeping dog lie. I'm not referring to the wife there. Uh, you you're, you're, just want to make that clear. Um, you, you want to let that issue, whatever, let, let that sleeping dog lie, guy, or whatever it is, the issue. Let it lie. Don't bring it up and just, just live with it. And then people go through years and years and then all this thing has been there and then sometimes they wake up and they say, oh man, this, this really stinks. It takes courage to confront that. Because you don't, know how, you don't know how he or she are going to respond. Do that. Great time to do that. Take, asset, take an access, assess your marriage or other relationships in your life. Friendships even. Sometimes those conversations are hard to have, particularly if it comes to who Jesus is. There are people in your life who you probably need to have this discussion with at some point in time. Where are you? I have a friend, close friend in the church, and um, I have more than one. I just want you to know that. But it just yeah. anyway, he uh, was telling me a few years ago of, of, of he has a client relationship. This guy, as as, as you m- many of you know, when you have a, a a fairly tight relationship with a long-term financial advisor, investment broker, whatever, sometimes you become close close friends. And that was the case with with my friend to the point where he. He um, became very close with his client, who was like a, almost a father figure to him, because he's about that much older than him. And um, I had the privilege this week of, of going to um, a viewing of his client, who I never met. I flew around in his private jet a few times, but I never met him. By the way, I do think that's probably how God wants me to travel for now on, <laughs> private jet. I, God just spoke to me on that whole thing when I was on that jet. And I'm like, he says, Rich, you should travel like this all the time. I'm like, I'm, I'm good, God. I'm good. I'm good. Anyway, just wanted to share that with you. Um, and I had, the, I had the privilege of going to my friend's client slash friend's viewing. And I want to take you back before that because one, we were having a conversation, my friend and I, one time. And he was saying, you know, this guy had gone through several different bouts of illness for the last several years. And after the third or fourth or fifth time that it happened, which was really a couple of years ago, but he didn't know when he was sitting there in the hospital room with his client slash friend, this might be the last one. You know, and you, we've all been through that with maybe parents or others where you, every time you go, you think this might be it, even though sometimes that continues on for two or three years, which was the case here. He didn't know that at the time, but he knew that it was serious. And he said to Mr. He said, Mr. So-and-so, even though they were tight, and even though he still called him Mr. So-and-so. Mr. So-and-so, I got to know. I just got to know. You know what I believe. We've had these discussions before. But you could be facing God in a few minutes. I got to know. I love you. But have you trusted Christ? Have you trusted in who he is and what he's done for you? In this particular case, my friend's client said, yes, I have. I've been around you too long. By the way, that took 20-some years of, 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 build up, of earning the right to speak into that. It doesn't always take 20 years 
But I mean, it, you, you, there has to be some sort of a, you know, you don't get out. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying you get out on the, on the corner with a bullhorn and saying, hey, you know, turn or burn. I'm not suggesting that. But there are people in your life. It, it, just think about this, my, my friend. When I, when I, when I was, spent some time with him at the viewing on Friday, just think how my friend might have felt if he never had that conversation. That, that's not a good place to be. Here's my point to you. There are people like that in your life. And maybe it's time you took that step to say, it takes courage. Hey, I'm a pastor. I get paid to do this, and it's still hard sometimes to bring up that, hey, where are you going to spend eternity? But, but that takes some courage. And I think that's part of what the Apostle Paul means here. Be courageous. Have that difficult discussion, whatever that might be. In Harry Potter, Dumbledore, I love, this, I love this quote, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Boy, is that true. Put me in the room with a stranger and I'm, I've got all the courage in the world. Put me with somebody that I've known for a few years, then I start worrying about how they're going to view me and all kinds of other stuff. Be courageous. Not 2014, make it the best year ever. Have some courage. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith, in your faith. Be courageous. Fourth thing. It's a little different than standing firm in your faith. It's be strong is this term. Strength here has more to do with maturity. It has more to do with the kind of faith that, 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 that is becoming firm in your faith. It's, 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 it's time. And, 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 and aging with, with, with just who Christ is and what that means. And it, it's, it basically, it's exhorting those of us who are followers of Christ to no longer be children in our faith, but to get, and you go back to the standing firm in your faith, to get some substance to our faith as well. I think the best illustration is probably from Ephesians chapter 4. Here the apostle is talking to these Ephesians, and look what he says. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. He says, grow up in your faith, people. Grow. Take some intentionality. Take some work. Take some time. And by the way, this is a lifelong process. Let me give you a little, a little cameo type thing, of one, of my, one of my things. Many of you have had your children go through confirmation, whatever church you go to, and that I'm not putting down confirmation. Confirmation basically is getting children to, and young people to understand the basics of their faith. I'm a fan of that. I don't care whether you're whatever you are in the, in the Christian faith. I don't care what denomination it might be. I'm a fan of getting young people to know what their faith really is. Here's, here's the issue that I have, though. So many times, and I don't, I'm not blaming anybody in particular, so many times I've heard parents say, okay, I've got my kid through confirmation. Now they're on their own. Really? Really? Is that how you want to do that? I hope not. I got 140. I'm still worried about him, all right? Still pray for him. Still talk to him. Hey, crazy dirtball, what are you doing? You know, we, can, we have a good relationship. We can talk to each other like that. But um, 
I mean, here, here's the issue. This is a process. It doesn't stop at a particular time. Okay, I'm done now. It continues on. Paul put it this way, Ephesians, uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter 1. Be, be confident of this, that he, began, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is a lifelong process. We're still learning. We're still dealing with stuff. Uh, you know, I, I thought when I turned 60, I, you know, I, maybe I, I will have arrived. That was three years ago. I'm a long way from arriving. And a lot of you say, amen to that. I know you. Yeah. I know you. We never arrive in this life. We don't arrive until we go meet Jesus. And someday, maybe when you're visiting my casket, because it will be closed, you might say, hey, Rich has finally arrived. And I will have. Don't get too, don't get too comfortable with that visual, okay? I just want you to know, don't, too, don't get too comfortable with that visual, okay? Not really anxious for that at this point in time. I know where I'm going. I'm just not ready for the next load up. Um, <clears throat> be, be, you know, that, that's the whole issue there. Be strong and, and keep being stronger. So it's a developing process. So be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Last thing. Number five, do everything in love. This is so good. Do everything in love. Love is a verb. It's an action word. Love is, what, is, one, is me wanting, if I love you, I want what's best for you. And that may mean some of those difficult conversations. But it's, I want what's best for you. Best way of describing it is, 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 the, is the classic passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, and I, I read this many times at weddings, and it's great in weddings. And it's, it's how you should treat your hus husband or your wife, but it's also how you should treat people. It's not just for weddings and just for husbands and, 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 and wives. It's for all of us. It goes like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. You can't do that. You remember what you did to me last year? Can't do that. It always protects. It always, uh, I, I skipped verse 6. Love does not delight in evil, but joy, rejoices with the truth. If you love, you don't delight because somebody fell or because somebody had something bad happen to them. Now, love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. It's, it's having the kind of love that my friend had for his client slash friend when he said, I love you. I, I just got to know. As you get ready to start 2014, wouldn't it be great if one year from today, next, next New Year's Sunday, which is going to be 12, 28, 14, that you'd be able to join the Apostle Paul when he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I have fought the good fight. It's a fight. It's a fight. We're starting that, that series next week. It's a fight. It's a fight for our, our time, for our mind, for control. It's a fight. You know what happens in a fight? Figuratively or literally. I haven't been in a literal one since the Army days. And I won that one, just in case you're wondering. At least, at least that's my story. Um, uh, but, but figuratively, you know, in, in any fight, you know what happens? Sometimes you get kicked on your keister. Okay? And you got to get back up again. 
Okay, Lord, here we go. I lost that round. Let's, let's, let's get started. That's part of what it means. It's just such a great way of, of understanding when I'm seeking to be the person that God wants me to be. It can be a real battle. That's why we want to kick off the year start talking about that stuff. But for now, let's pray that God will commit, will commit our year, will commit this 2014 to our Lord and say, Lord, make this, by your grace and by your strength, the best one yet. Whatever might come my way. And that's going to happen. As, I, as I'm vigilant, as I'm careful, be on guard, as I stand firm in the faith, as I'm courageous, as I'm strong, and as I love everyone the kind of love that I, that I receive from Christ. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are, we are amazed. I'm continually amazed at your grace, at your strength, at your love for each of us. And I just pray as we close out these last two and a half days or so of, of 2013 that, that we would just take a few moments to stop and reflect and think on these principles from the Bible of how 2014 can be the best one yet. Because, Lord, we know that's how you want us to live. We pray for the strength and the grace that it takes to be able to do that. We know that it begins as we trust you, as we believe in, in who Jesus is and what you did for us. You lived and you suffered and you died and you rose again, and we put our trust in you. And in doing so, this becomes a relationship, one of love and grace. We pray for your strength as you're so willingly are able to give that to us. We thank you for that, and we thank you for your love. And we commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming. Have a great rest of the day and great rest of the night of 20, almost of 2013. All right, God bless you. Mm -hmm.